Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What's going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. Got a lot of guests on. I, of course, got to talk about my guy, Zach, who's joining us for this episode to help preview the Colts versus 49ers Sunday night football game. A couple special guests, guys that are kind of all over in the 49ers community. First off, we got Eric Crocker. He's host of the Locked On 49ers and also has a YouTube channel covering 49ers things as well called Croc Talk TV. And also want to welcome on Leo, co-founder of 49ersgoldmine.com and also co-host of the Niners Nation podcast. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Ready to talk some Colts versus 49ers football. Oh, I'm doing good. I, I see Croc got his Giants hat on. I got my Giants hat on. Feeling, feeling good. <laughs> awesome, guys. It's still, well, it's still orange October. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good to have you guys. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Guys, this is a big matchup. Sunday night football, Colts 49ers. Um, I know the Colts just had a primetime game a couple weeks ago. Didn't go as planned. Pretty embarrassing. Colts blew up hugely to the Ravens. We won't get into that. We've already suffered enough. But this game, guys, is is a very interesting game because I know, Croc, we were talking a little bit off air. Like, this is a game that's kind of crucial to both teams, right? To both teams potentially turning it around. Both teams right now under 500. The Niners right now 2-3. and three. The Colts 2-4. and four. The Niners actually started very well 2-0 in the last three weeks or on a three-game losing streak. But we'll say this, they have taken some very good teams down to the wire the last couple weeks, especially the Packers and the Cardinals just couldn't pull out the win. So I want to get your guys' perspective. We'll start with you, Croc, and then we'll, we'll go over to Leo. How do you guys feel so far through the season? You guys just had your bye coming off of that. How do you feel about the 49ers overall? Yeah, you know, it's weird. They're in a weird space. And I, I think most fans that tell you they're not exactly sure how to feel right now. It seems like the team just has no identity and no, no direction. So it's like we don't, as fans or people that cover the 49ers, we're not exactly sure. Like, what are we, what are we getting behind? Right? Like, what is the identity of the 49ers? I think right now, that's what they're kind of struggling with. They're trying to figure that out. And they're going through a lot of different transitions, whether it's quarterback positions or, you know, running back position and just different injuries along the secondary they're playing patchwork and they're doing well enough to keep them competitive in games. But until they really get behind one, one quarterback and two, just an identity of the team, I think they're going to continue to have these weird looking moments that they've been going through over the last few weeks. 
I think it's in the the early stages of when you're talking to someone and they hit you with that question, what are we? That's kind of what it feels with the 49ers. What are we? Are are we a playoff contender or are we a team that's just going to bottom of the barrel of the decision uh, of the division? So that's something that they have to figure out within. I still do believe that this is undoubtedly a top 10 roster. And since they do have that top 10 roster, that's why you see them being competitive with the Packers. That's why you see them being competitive with the Cardinals, even though that they got Drake Kirkpatrick and Josh Norman just, you know, getting PIs uh, on defense and they're still able to hold it up. And that's one of the biggest concerns. Uh, Croc knows more than I do with the DBs here on the 49ers. It's, it's a big concern. And and this is this is a, an interesting matchup because these two teams are on the other side of the spectrum. 49ers were 2-0, looking great. The Colts were 0-3, not looking so great. But since then, the Colts almost had a, a 3-0 run if they held that lead against Baltimore. And the 49ers are on a three-game losing streak. So they just basically flipped roles, and, and it's going to be an interesting uh, game of this season. Yeah, man. Uh, so I guess we'll just go over, uh, like, like we always do here on the podcast, we go over the injury report. So let us know where you guys are at in the current state of your injury report um, with Javon Kinlaw, you know, Lance, obviously, Trent Williams, Kittle went to IR. Where are you at with the injury report and how do you feel about the current state with that injury report? Oh, go ahead, Leo. You get you get handle that yeah yeah so the kinlaw one it seems like something that's gonna be week by week through his nfl tenure whether it's a 49er tenure or you know on other teams that's where you really miss deforest buckner and, and that trade that's where it stings a little bit uh because uh with that knee tendonitis it's always gonna come up with trey lance that was just a weird thing because you heard him after the game saying he felt great uh that nothing would you know his body felt fine after taking all those hits yet John Lynch was saying that Trey Lance felt something on the sideline during the game. And so it's just a weird language there. Jimmy Garoppolo, he appears to go whether his calf was severely injured and he had a miss at Cardinals game. Once again, it's just a bunch of mysteries with this team. George Kittle, he's probably going to come back once he's available off the IR, which is not going to be this game. Yeah, man, I know the Colts have some a lot of injuries as well right now to some key players. You know, they just had Paris Campbell, who scored a 50-yard touchdown the week prior against Houston. And also, just today, Julian Blackman, they placed on IR. He tore his Achilles in practice. So, man, these injuries, they just they just suck, man. You guys know probably better than anybody how much these injuries can just completely derail your season. And uh, the Colts have some other guys who have been dealing with some injuries. You know, they, they had some guys who missed the start of the season. You know, they had, they had guys like T.Y. Hilton, who just came back last week. He's kind of 50-50 up in the air. He's not going to practice as it stands on Thursday. We'll see what happens going forward. He's played through, not practicing throughout the week. But then you got guys, you know, like Kamoko Ture, who looked really good a couple weeks ago, who hasn't been back yet. You got Braden Smith, who went out week one. Colts didn't elect to put him on IR for some strange reason, and he's still not back out there. So it's a little bit of a concern. The good news, though, in the Colts injury front is the fact that they are getting Quentin Nelson back this week, their offensive guard, um, to play that left guard position. And the offensive line hopefully is getting a little bit more healthy. You know, they have Eric Fisher, who, you know, missed the first couple games after that. Unfortunately, another Achilles injury that he suffered last year and uh, has looked up and down. But I feel like this offensive line has started to finally put it together a little bit. And this Colts offense overall, um, now that they're getting a little bit healthier, I think they're looking a little bit better. What are your guys' perspective right now 
I guess, on, on the Colts injuries moving forward um, and how you guys could potentially, you know, attack those? Well, I, you know, I think that the crazy thing is looking at the secondary and the injuries they've had and really the up and down play Zach and I were talking before we started recording about Xavier Rhodes. And, you know, you would think that that's an area where the 49ers would be able to take advantage of. But, and I don't want to sound all doom and gloom for, you know, 49er fans, we've seen this story before where it's like you go into a game and it's like, oh yeah, we should be able to torch them. And we just don't, or we can't for whatever reasons. So I would think like that's the weak point of the Colts' defense, but for the 49ers, that hasn't been a strength of theirs, being able to take advantage of injuries to secondaries or poor play in the secondary, uh, whether it's because of the receivers or the quarterback or for whatever reason, we just haven't been able to. A lot of times when we do take advantage of a secondary, it's really just a schemed up play where we take advantage of somebody's rules, but not because, well, this guy's injured, so we're picking on his replacement or anything like that. So, uh, man, I mean, the pass rush, I think if there is one area where maybe it kind of helped the 49ers is, you know, not having guys like Tamiko Ture or whoever else supposed to help off of the edge. And, you know, maybe we could pay a little bit more attention to DeForest Buckner and kind of scheme around him. And that'll help open up everything else. I, I think that's the only way that the 49ers really can take advantage of what's going on uh, as far as injuries go. Now, offensively for the Colts, I think it de definitely helps the 49ers. You know, we losing a guy like Pierce Campbell, who is a speedster, like you said, had the 50-yard touchdown play. You know, 49ers don't have a lot of speed in the secondary. They have one guy, Emmanuel Mosley, who could run with guys. Aside from him, you know, some of these guys are older. Jacob Patrick, Josh Norman, they're a little bit older and they like to be more physical, but they will struggle against the quicker, speedier type guys. So, you know, having missing Paris Campbell, I think that bodes well for the 49ers, who throughout all the injuries they've had, they still have like the number five pass coverage grade uh, according to PFF. So they've been doing well, even with the guys that they have. The the pass interferences have kind of been an issue, but aside from that, they, they play well. And I think, uh, you know, having Paris Campbell not playing and even T.Y. Hilton, I think I saw him say something today where he's like, oh, I'm 50-50 for Sunday night. You know, if he doesn't play, that also bodes well for the 49ers where they can be a little bit more aggressive with the receivers. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was curious about that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was just curious about that a little bit. Now, you know, the view, your guys's view of Carson Wentz here, and what you think so far of him and this Colts offense. You know, being able to pass the ball the way they have, and also being able to now run the ball a little bit. We'll start with you, Leo, and your kind of thoughts on this Colts offense. Overall, from your perspective, you know, now we're diving kind of into this 49er defense a little bit. Well, I think Jonathan Taylor is a hell of a running back, um, especially where the 49ers got to be careful is in the screen game with Jonathan Taylor, because we, we've seen a couple times this season. If you give him a little bit of space, he could get a house call on one of those screens out to to him. Um, Carson Wentz, that's going to be the main part of his game is just don't turn over the ball. And, and that's giving the Colts a chance to win as you've seen here over the past three weeks or so. Um, as, as long as he takes care of the ball, that's going to hold the Colts in good footing. 
Um, and then with, with their receivers, you like what you see out of Michael Pittman. It's it's looking like a steal out of a second round, considering the production that he's putting up and the you know limited targets that he's getting per game. It's not like he's getting the usage of a CD Lamb, you know, not to use CD Lamb. He's on a whole other spectrum himself, but um, he's looking like a real steal where they got him in the in the second round because he was a guy that could have been easily taken off the board in the first round. Uh, the, the Colts offense, you know, last time Carson Wentz was was with your head coach, they went out and won a Super Bowl together, um, or at least he had an MVP year that year, and then they ultimately won the Super Bowl. Um, so it's looking good. It, it, obviously, you got to let a few weeks pass by for it to marinate. Carson Wentz has to go through that 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 change in his mindset from after everything he dealt in Philadelphia. Now he looks like he's getting on track. I know week one was just really, really shaky for Carson and how he looked made everyone think like, oh my God, is, is this thing actually going to work out? Or was it just a fantasy that we thought it was going to? No, it's looking like it's going to work out. And it's just taken a few weeks, you know, for it to actually marinate. And, and he's looking better week by week. Obviously, you're going to have really high standings with that photo behind Zach there and, and Peyton Manning being that quarterback there for so many years. I think for Carson Wentz, the, the, the biggest thing is making it to where he doesn't have to win the game, right? I think yep. that's what they've done a good job with over mm -hmm. the last you know week or so where and maybe, okay, Texans aren't that great of a team, but making it that, – that should be the recipe, right? Let's lean on the run game. And, all right, Carson, you just have to make a throw here and there. You don't have to be a superhero. And I think late in this time with the Philadelphia Eagles, that, that was the issue. Everything was – he was just trying to play – hero ball and backyard ball and feel like he had to make every play and it resulted in a lot of turnovers but right now we're seeing it was nine touchdowns to one interception so he's not having to play that hero ball he can play a little bit more under control and if he can do that against the 49ers then he'll be successful now the issue is although the 49ers pass rush isn't quite consistent nick bosa at any time can can make plays and you know we've seen it five five games he has five sacks um, he is going to get back there at some point, and you just got to hope that the quarterback doesn't panic. And then you have D. Ford coming off the other side, who they only they don't he plays maybe fifteen snaps a game or whatever it is, but they are all that third down, that key pass rushing uh, play, and he's going to come off that edge and he can move the pocket. Then there's Eric Armstead, who is having a terrific year. I think the 49ers are really up there on like quarterback hits, maybe like the number one team or something like that, but they will get after it a little bit. It's just not as consistent as you would like. So uh, that's one thing when it comes to Carson Wentz and what has made him successful. If the 49ers pass rush starts to get there, then we'll start to see if he kind of reverts back to what we've seen in the uh, past couple of years. Yeah. Really quick. The last time Nick Bosa actually went head to head with Eric Fisher was that Super Bowl where Nick Bosa looked like the best player on the field. And that was a field that had your guys' DeForest Buckner field that had Patrick Mahomes, uh, the eventual MVP, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. And yet that rookie Nick Bosa looked like the best player on the field that game. Um, I, I don't think he's at that where he was then because of his ACL injury. It's going to take a couple more weeks to get back to where he's 100%, if not a little better. But that's a huge matchup to look at because Nick Bosa dominated Eric Fisher. In that I think he had like 12. Point. He had like 12 or 13 oh, hurries in that game. Yeah, It was ridiculous. Wow. That, that's pretty crazy. Um, so I think I know where you guys are at on this, but we're going to talk about it. Um, 
where is the 49ers fan base with Jimmy G as their starting quarterback right now? Like, that's the hot topic. Like, like you know, uh, we had a friend on our podcast last night, and he I didn't know quite how it was with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Um, Leo, you go first, man, because I'm pretty sure where Croc's at with it. I'll let him finish it up. But you go first with how you feel about Jimmy G and his play thus far this season. It, it's just, you know, it's just Jimmy. Uh this whole offseason, the hype was, oh, this new Jimmy Garoppolo, this pissed off Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not the case. He's the same guy that we thought he was, you know. Um, he He's just vanilla. It, it's You have your old iPhone. You, you say you have your iPhone XS or whatever like I do. Um, yet the iPhone 13 just came out. 49ers went and got that iPhone 13. It has more features. You know, it's faster. Uh, really good processor. Yet. You haven't activated it for what for whatever reason. It's still sitting in the case, and you're using that iPhone XS and saying, no, I'm going to go with this until it just completely dies on me and it doesn't even give me any type of charge. That's what the 49ers are doing with this quarterback situation. Rip off the Band-Aid, put in Trey Lance, because even if Jimmy does come back from this calf injury and he goes out there and puts up a Pro Bowl season, gets these guys into a playoff, maybe even win them uh, uh, the division. Let's just go big brain here. Wins them the division. Where does he – is he on this team next year, the 49ers team? No. So it, it's just go ahead and move on. Trey Lance, right now you're you're under 500 at two and three. Speed up the development. You're going to hit that learning curve, that rookie wall with, with Trey Lance eventually. It's either happens this season at a two and three record or it happens next season with a fresh start. I would rather have it happen this season because I think there's a lot of winnable games for the 49ers. You have the, the Jaguars on the schedule. You have the Falcons on the schedule and some other team Texans on the schedule. You guys know well. Um, so it's just do that with Trey Lance. Now, Jimmy is who Jimmy is. He's not going to change. And you look back at 2019, he had a lot of weird circumstances come up to where that's why his record was 13 and three. If James Conner doesn't fumble in the Pittsburgh game, the 49ers are not 3-0. They're 2-1. and one. Um, And then his last 10 regular season starts, they're 5-5. Five and five. So 5-5 five and five in your last 10 regular season starts, what is he giving you? What's the better chance to win? It's not there anymore. It's time to just flip the chapter. You're up, um. Uh, all right. So, I, you know, and I, I try to take a different approach to it. You know, I always want to look at it through the eyes of the organization, the front office, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And I think, you know, if it were up to me, yeah, I, I would have just let him go. Even once I found out that if the 49ers released him at the end of preseason, they'd be able to roll over that $24 million to next year. And ultimately between the two years, free up $50 million to put towards a roster. So right there, and I'm like, okay, just go with the rookie live with your ups and downs and he's going to be better for it in the future. And you also get to put more resources and money into the roster around him. Well, obviously they go with Jimmy Garoppolo and I get it. You know, you're looking at a Kyle Shanahan who has one winning season in four years. So there is a different level of urgency that he has to have uh, because, Hey, my job is online. And at the end of the day, I know I win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what it says on paper. And I, I, I think, when you look at it, and they're probably looking at it this way, and most people as well, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. This should be a, a Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where Alex Smith had the best year of his career, and you know you have Patrick Mahomes. Now there's there nobody's calling for Patrick Mahomes because Alex Smith is playing well enough and still leading them to the playoffs. Well, that is not the case right now for the 49ers. Garoppolo has played fairly pedestrian to the point where it's like, well, 
what is the trade like? What is the trade off if 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 he would have been playing lights out or just solid, right? Like just in theory, what you think he's supposed to look like? Then I think most people would be fine with him starting because it's like, well, I, I get it. He's playing well at this time. Let's say the 49ers are they're they're, they're you know four and one or even three and two, but when you lose three straight games and he's part of that because he's not moving the ball consistently, even in the, one of the wins uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, the offense was extremely uh, extremely stagnant throughout the entire game. I think that's when people started being like, hmm, this isn't quite looking like what I expected. Then he comes out against the, the Packers, and he did a great job at the end of the game, driving them down to, to score a touchdown to potentially win the game with 37 seconds left. No timeouts for the Packers, but Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Uh, but even then, for the most part of that game, I mean, 49ers fell behind 17-0, Towards the end of the game, you know, he also threw an interception in that game, setting up short field. He also threw like this little backwards pass, whatever he did, that resulted in being a fumble. So he's had these really weird moments where if he was a rookie, you would say, oh, that's rookie mistakes. But he's not a rookie, and he's still doing those kind of weird things. So I think the fan base at the moment is like, look, we're not getting the great play that we had or even just regular play that we thought we would get from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I do think right now is the time to potentially kind of rip that bandit off and just play the rookie. Cause even the rookie in his one start, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, you know, he was around 50% passing. Uh, you know, he, there's times where he's going to miss a throw or there's times where he's going to miss a read, but then he makes up for it with his legs. And then he does make an explosive pass down the field and he does make these plays. And I think you could see where this is headed. The more comfortable he gets within an offense and it's like, man, you're probably just as good going through that as you would be with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do think, uh, like Leo said, they're going to kind of let it, they're going to let the phone die on its own. And I think that's what's going on right now. So Jimmy, he he he's kind of on his last leg right now, I'd assume. If it still looks a little clunky, especially over the next couple of weeks, which most, most people would think these are winnable games. And, you know, you're at home against the coach. You, you don't even got to go to Indianapolis. You're at home on primetime TV. You can't lose this game because if you lose this game, they'll definitely be calling for the rookie. And then you got to go next week. You play against the Bears and play against a rookie, Justin Fields. Got to win that game as well. Now that's looking, that's moving, looking forward a little bit. But that's kind of where the 49ers are at overall with the with the quarterback situation. Gotcha. Okay. I'm curious, like, you know, he hasn't been great so far, but if the Colts are wanting to slow him down, slow this this passing offense down. How are they going to start to get pressure on the quarterback? You know, you guys obviously have Trent Williams, who didn't practice yesterday, but I'm not sure what what his status is moving forward. How can the Colts potentially attack um, Jimmy G and kind of get him out of a rhythm early? There's a there's a there's a very key way that most teams are doing. They are really sitting on all routes and really condensing the entire field because Jimmy Garoppolo, everything with him works off quick timing. Right. Unless Kyle dials up a, a, a shot play, which we haven't really done this year. But a lot of it is three yard slants, you know, hook routes. Uh, everything is based off timing right now. Almost three step drops, occasionally a five step drop with a hitch where he'll throw a little bit deeper. But teams know he wants to throw the ball right now in these intermediate routes. And we're not throwing the ball vertically down the field. So what, what are your teams doing? They're cheating their safeties up playing on about 10 yards deep, not really all. The outside guys are cheating up on routes and they're not giving they're not giving any ground. And it's condensing everything and making it to where 49ers are throwing slant routes and curl routes and everything is super contested. If you watch the Packers game, that's exactly what they did. So if I'm a team, even the Colts, even if you don't have a great pass rush, 
but you're able to get him in those situations where it's, you know, third and five and you're sitting on all the routes. I think that's been the key way to kind of attack the 49ers right now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They're just putting in the middle of the field in between the numbers and saying, Jimmy, beat us. Beat us with your arm. That's what that's what the Packers did. That's what the Cardinals did for the past couple of years. That's why it's a real tough matchup for Jimmy when he plays against the Cardinals, even before this 6-0 start that they're on this year because he obviously didn't play that game last or a couple weeks ago now. Um, and then a matchup I'm looking at is DeForest Buckner. If you're looking to get pressure on Jimmy, DeForest Buckner over right guard Daniel Brentskill. In five games this year, Brunskill's allowed 11 pressures and three quarterback hits. That's almost one quarterback hit per game, and that's a complete mismatch. There's no way I, I believe that Daniel Brunskill can go ahead and stop at DeForest Buckner or even put Buckner on the edge and, and make him and, and make him do a stunt over to Brunskill and try to mess with the 49ers' offensive line communication between McGlinchey and Brunskill. Um, that's another way that you could create pressure, but exactly what Croc said. Put, it, put that defense, put that front eight, front seven in the middle of the field and make Jimmy beat you that way. Man, I, I, I tell you what, let's just kind of pivot off of that a little bit to the backfield. It's kind of hard to get a gauge on what Kyle Shanahan does with those running backs. Do you feel like he just has the thought process, I'm going to roll with the hot hand? Like, you know, whether it be a Trey Sermon, and maybe health comes into play with that. Um Who's the guy you count on when you need that first down, when you need that run? Who's the guy that you're going to hand the football off to? Leo, why don't you start with that one? I think it's Elijah Mitchell at this point. It's uh, Trey Sermon. Once When Elijah Mitchell is healthy, he only gets about one carry a game. He got one carry against the Eagles, and he got one carry last week against the Cardinals, or a couple weeks ago, once again. Um, it, it, he's rolling with Elijah Mitchell. For whatever reason, he doesn't want to use the guy he traded up and and got in Trey Sermon. I don't know. I don't know if it's a playbook thing or a protection thing or whatever it may be with Trey Sermon. But he's rolling with Elijah Mitchell. That's going to be the guy Kyle Shanahan's going to give the ball. And if you let him run behind Trent Williams, he's gushing about six yards, five yards of carry when he runs on Trent Williams' side. So when you put that together, that's going to be considered he's going to have the hot hand. Uh, if he's putting up five to six yards per carry. So it, it's going to be Elijah Mitchell's show until it's not. Yeah, and you would think, you know, is he going to roll with the hot hand? And that's something he tended to do, but Trey Sermon had almost 100 yards against Seattle. And then the next week, Elijah Mitchell comes back from, you know, being out a week, and Trey Sermon sees one carry for seven yards. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be curious to see if the 49ers lean more on the run game. I'll also be curious to see, how effective is the run game without Trey Lance back there? Because in the other games, the run game was extremely stagnant for a majority of games. I mean, just two yards, two yards, two yards. And, you know, yeah, the, if you look at the averages, not good. But then you get Trey Lance back there and the threat of him, you know, keeping on the zone read and read options. And all of a sudden the run game started opening up a little bit. Well, it doesn't look like Trey Lance is playing in this game. So I am curious to see, one, which one gets a hot hand? I'm sure he's going to roll with Elijah Mitchell. That's been his flavor. But how effective is it going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo under center? I think that's one mm -hmm. thing to really kind of watch for. That's fair. Uh, against the Eagles, when it was Jimmy Garoppolo under center and it was still the Elijah Mitchell show, Elijah Mitchell had under three yards per carry. The Eagles were doing what I expect the Colts to do, stack the box, stack the middle of the field, and, and that really messed up the run game. 
but then all of a sudden he comes back from injury. Trey Lance is the quarterback and he was averaging almost five yards per carry. So with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, you know, we'll see what happens if, if it's getting stagnant with Elijah Mitchell back there, maybe you do want to use the power, more power runner in Trey Sermon at that point. And with Elijah Mitchell, if you look at the stats, obviously against the Lions, he had like 100 yards. Most of that was off of one big run. I think outside Second of the big half, run, yep. yeah, outside of that big run Elijah Mitchell had, he was maybe averaging like two yards a carry. So consistently, it hasn't been there except for when mm-hmm. Trey Lance was in. That's interesting. That's interesting to know because I know you guys have those two running backs that are really, really decent running backs, you know, pretty good pretty good players there. So that's an interesting stat. I didn't even realize that that, that was happening. But um, one other stat that I think is very interesting, you know, you mentioned it at the top of the show, but the 49ers right now aren't great in terms of turnover differential. Um, right now they sit near the bottom of the league right now. Not that they're turning the ball over a ton, but they're just not taking the ball away a whole lot, whereas mm-hmm. the Colts – you know, maybe they're not taking the ball away a ton either, but they're not turning the ball over very much at all either. And they've gotten they've gotten a few more you know, interceptions, forced fumbles, things of that nature. What do you guys think of that? What do you guys think of potentially the numbers needing to do that, need to do something to try to get some turnovers? Because you guys mentioned how not great it's been so far in terms of the turnovers, not 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 the 49ers not really turning the ball over at all so far. Yeah, man, is you know that's going to be key, and I think that's one of the keys to victories for the 49ers in this game. You have to figure out a way to take the ball away. And I think you're hoping that you know it could be, you know, uh, Carson Wentz maybe making a mistake or forcing a pass in the coverage, and Fred Warner, who's been kind of our guy who either punches balls out or gets interceptions. We haven't really seen that from him this year, and his PFF grade is down. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. when that Fred Warner coming out party is going to be. If if it is. In fact, this week in, uh, you know, Sunday night, I think he'll be the one that ends up ultimately forcing some takeaways. Yeah, uh, like Croc was saying, as well as the edge rushers or the pass rush in general has been a little hit and miss, hot and cold for the 49ers. Uh, so something that you got to create is uh, is maybe a strict sack from from Nick Bosa. He, he has Eric Fisher's number from the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but. You know, maybe you could create it that way. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, D Ford, you do have the guys that have that strip sack capability. But if it does not come from that defensive line, Fred Warner, number 54, is going to have to be the guy. I think the the 49ers, yeah, the secondary is a big concern as far as talent level, but I think those players are good enough. And I think they are in good position to create turnovers. They're not just letting guys run wide open down the field. Um, their defensive passing numbers are actually really impressive considering the the personnel that they have there so it's going to come from either 54 the defensive line jimmy ward and kwaski tart have never been the turnover style type of safeties so i got a question for you guys here recently uh carson wentz has developed kind of that ability to throw the deep ball you know he had two two passes last week i think over 50 yards uh, ty hilton paris campbell unfortunately got hurt on a 51 yard bomb uh, we use mo alley cox a little bit more here lately how do you feel like you mentioned you had your some older cornerbacks? How do you feel like they can run with us if we want to try to challenge you guys down the field? Um, you mentioned a couple of your safeties that seem to be Jimmy Ward, obviously, is a very good football player. As far as the deep ball, have you guys protected that this year and let everything kind of come underneath? Or as are you do you fear that? Do you fear that deep ball? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fear it a little bit. It's been a little hit and miss. Uh, you know, a lot of it was early on with Yamador Lenore, who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a rookie and he's really more, I think they're training him to be a, a nickel corner. He had to play outside because of injuries that happened uh, early on in the season. But uh, I think aside from Yamador Lenore giving up those vertical routes, the other guys have been pretty good with defending the deep ball. Uh, uh, Manuel Mosley has been awesome. He's broken up several deep passes down the field, a few of them. Uh, while guarding like DK Metcalf, who's a speedster, another one while guarding uh, Devontae Adams vertically down the field. So if they throw it against Mosley, I'll, I'll live with the results of that, and, and I feel like we'll be fine. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the other side, we could be a little bit vo- more vulnerable to it, but we haven't really seen it. Haven't really seen the deep shots to uh, either Norman or Drake Kirkpatrick. That that hasn't been the case. Well, the one time on Kirkpatrick that he got called for pass interference. So we'll see if the coach try to take more advantage of that. Yeah, I would be more concerned with that as the passer interference downfield from either Kirkpatrick or Norman. But I think Emmanuel Mosley has done a fantastic job covering the, you know, the deeper routes. Um, Jimmy Ward doesn't give up much downfield does or even at all. We rarely would see that from Jimmy Ward. Kwaski Tart does an excellent job. He actually does have range more than anyone would actually think. Um, but yeah, it would I would be more concerned about, a, you know, a little hand grab with P.I. than an actual completion. Gotcha. Well, Leo, we'll start with you for this one. I wanted to get um, your guys' thoughts on who are the two players that you think for the 49ers on offense and defense really need to step up to give you guys a chance to win this week? Um, With the defensive side, I'm going to go ahead and start there first. I think it's got to be the second corner. So whether it's – I expect it to be Josh Norman um, because I do think the Eagle – or the Eagles, I'm thinking Carson Wentz here – the Colts are going to attack the ball downfield, at least have a couple shots, as well as don't hurt your team. Don't give up penalties. He's had it each time he started for the 49ers so far this season. Don't hurt your team. Uh, Carson Wentz, just you. there's no reason to give him extra passes and let him get hot because when he gets hot, he, he can get dangerous. He does have that within his game. So it's going to come down to Josh Norman as well as, you know, we're talking about turnovers, maybe create some as the second corner on this team. And then on the offensive side, it's it's got to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo. As much as I want to say somebody else and, and, you know, not choose the quarterback position, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo because the Colts, while their defensive ranks may be in the middle of the NFL, they have some talent still. They have one of the best linebackers, and I'm saying one of the best because the 49ers have the best, in Darius Leonard. They have DeForest Buckner. They have really, really talented players on that defense. I, 
Blackman, yeah, I know he's not going to play this game, but that's someone I wanted the 49ers to draft. So the Colts have talent there. Jimmy Garoppolo's got to execute within the offense. Don't try to play hero ball, which he doesn't try to too much of, but at least give what the defense uh, or takes what the defense gives you. And hopefully that could also open up the ground game in Elijah Mitchell. Hey, Leo, I had a, just a kind of off-the-cuff question. Uh, a lot has been made of DeForest Buckner coming back to the Bay, you know, and playing. Um, it seems like he wanted to stay playing for San Francisco. Um, maybe that feeling was not mutual. How do you feel, just your perspective, uh, let Colts Nation how you feel about losing him and how that was handled? Um, because it seems like the 49ers are not very pleased with the way that John Lynch as – looked at that, you know, kind of peeling that curtain back. You know, he was going to take a little bit less money to stay in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, that he said, no, 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 you're not going <laughs> to – we're, we're going to let you go and we're going to get this draft pick and life goes on. Yeah, the question is how much less was he actually referring to that, you know, that's going to be uh, something that's going to be left out there. That's something I think about when you say less, like what's less? What's Is it $500,000 per year? um a million per year how how much less is actually that number but w i remember when that trade went through uh when it was in the works i remember somebody was going uh, i'm refreshing my memory somebody was going to be traded i thought it was eric armstead i in no way i thought they were ever going to trade deforest buckner but once that deal went through i felt like i was in an alternate reality and and other 49er fans were were coming up to me talking to me like is this real did this actually happen and yeah it did and and it sucks because he's a guy that's been what you would say is a model citizen within the 49ers team he he was always available to play the production was there he was a great teammate and he's just someone you want to keep around for a long time especially when you hear guys like john lynch we want to keep him in the red and gold for a very very long time next you know once it comes down to the dirty work as a front office you decide not to do that dirty work and go ahead and trade them when you see teams like the rams just figuring out the numbers to make all these studs fit within their salary cap you see the cardinals go ahead and do it you see the seahawks do it from time to time um so that gets a little frustrating when you look at that and it's just okay if if there's one person that's going to make you work a little harder to fit in with the budget it's the forrest buckner and then hindsight 2020, seeing what they did with that pick, and they just essentially replaced him for the same position, gave him the same number in Javon Kinlaw, which is nothing on Javon Kinlaw's doing. He did not sign up for that. He didn't ask for that. That's what the 49ers chose. And obviously, DeForest Buckner, he he's just a stud to where you expect to get that same production from that first-round pick. The Colts got a steal that it wasn't more than just a first-round pick. Uh, why wasn't it a, a one and a four, a one and a three for a guy like DeForest Buckner? It was just a single one to where you try to replace the same position. Odds are you're probably not going to get that same value back. So you got to invest that in somewhere else. Uh, and then they, they traded down literally one pick so that the Buccaneers could get Tristan Wirfs. And then they traded away that pick that they got back. So it was still like you got rid of DeForest Buckner for that sole first round pick. And, Seeing what he's doing there for, with the Colts is something that the 49ers fans are are very well known of, and they understand the talent level. And uh, I, I he's just someone I wish he was a 49er. He's, he absolutely wanted to be a 49er, but 
uh, I can absolutely, he, he's happy where he's at right now with the Colts. He, he's absolutely happy in it. And as a fan that that's all you can ask for is, you know, whether they're on your team or if they moved on as you know, th- this game is so tough. How's that player's mental? Are they in a good position? Okay. We'll take it. Like as if he can't be on the 49ers, we'll take him in a good spot. And that's where he is right now. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, Javon Kinlaw gets back here, um, starts living up to some of that hype that you guys, you know, we took him pretty early. So hopefully mm-hmm. he gets back and starts playing, you know, very good football for you guys. Um, one last question I had for you before we get on to the score prediction. Talk to me about your guys' special teams. I literally know nothing about the 49ers special teams. Um, talk to me about some of those guys um, on your team. So the punt returner is going to be Brandon Ayuk, but – he doesn't really seem in it at this point as a punt returner, or at least nothing translated from college at this point. Every time he's returned, it's been kind of minimal, nothing significant on his returns. And then if it's not Brandon Ayuk, you're going to see Mohamed Sanu back there returning punts, kickoff. It's who really returns kickoffs. They all go throughout the, uh, through the back of the end zone now. So that's kind of irrelevant. But then uh, you got Joey Sly now in at kicker for the 49ers. It's not Robbie Gold. He's on the IR, so you'll see Joey Sly out there. Joey Sly does have a big leg. He could knock in a 55-yarder, but then he'll be a, a little inaccurate. That's why he was on the free agent market during the season. It's he, He'll go bang you a 55, and then he'll go ahead and miss a 37. That hasn't happened yet for the 49ers, but that's been his MO through his career. And then you have Mitch Wisnowski as the punter. And he's he's been lights out this season. He's been t- one of the top punters in team pinning teams inside the twenty yard line, inside the ten yard line. Could have had a couple more if it wasn't for you know a few mishandlings there at the goal line before stepping in the end zone. So Mitch Wisnowski has been a big game changer as far as helping out the defense and putting them in a good spot. Man, I, I, yeah, I think as far as our special teams go. We're a little bit banged up. You know, we, we, we lost Hot Rod. Um, we, we have Michael Badgley. He seemed to do, I mean, Cody, you can you could pipe in here too. He seemed to do just a fine job last week. You know, he did his job. He made his field goals. Um, I also feel like that, you know, that we have a, a very good punter as well. Um, he seems to, he's one of the bright spots on our special teams. And we overall, we cover pretty well. Uh, we don't have a lot of weak spots on our special teams. Nothing flashy, nothing crazy. Uh, but as far as our special teams go, he seems that we seem to be pretty sound at tackling. Uh, we've not given up any super big long returns this year. Minus the, uh, the 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 Calais Campbell debacle of uh, allowing a block kick, you know, in the fourth quarter of that Ravens Monday Night Football game, uh, I think we've all held up pretty well. Uh, so it's yeah, I mean, I, I think all in all, I think our special teams are pretty adequate, and I think that. I think special teams are going to be important this week because for me, you know, we're getting ready to get into the roster predictions. I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, are the, uh, the score predictions, I, I think it's going to come down to some field goal kicking, you know, when it comes down to it. Absolutely. And yeah, that leads us kind of into that score prediction. We'll let you go, Leo, give your score prediction for this game. And it's all right. If you choose the 49ers, I promise, let us know <laughs> what you're thinking for this Sunday night matchup. Man, so now that you had me talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not sure if I could choose the 49ers in this <laughs> matchup. Um, but I, I'm still going to do it because I do trust the 49ers defense. 
They've held Russell Wilson to five straight three and outs when they played the Seattle game to start off that game. They had three three and outs against Kyler Murray and held him to 17 points. Yet that guy's been putting up 30 plus on everybody that he's played so far. Um, they held they held Aaron Rodgers okay. Uh, there's only so much you could do against Aaron Rodgers. They held him okay. Um, so I'm going to go with the 49ers on this mainly so because of their defense. I think this is a good matchup for their defense. Um, I don't think they're overpowered one way or the other. So considering that I'm going to give the 49ers the edge here, probably 23 to, to 21 or 23, 20, somewhere around there. Okay, man. Zach, what, what are you thinking here? He man? stole my prediction. I was 23, 20. Um, I'm right there with you. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game. I think both teams will do a pretty good job of driving up and down the field, but I think a lot right. of things will happen is it'll be stalled out with field goals. Um, so I think at the end of the day, if we're able to make our field goals, we win the game. Now, if we have a, a debacle, we start missing field goals, extra points. Um, that's where we're going to run into it. And for me as a Colts fan, and this is no knock on the 49ers in general, I'm probably betting more against Jimmy G than I am the 49ers, if I'm being honest. Uh, I, I think mm -hmm. he's he has a tendency to throw the football away to, to the other team, you know, in, in, in critical moments. If we're able to get back there, and for me – Normally, I don't get too much into it, but I think this is a this is a, a personal game for DeForest Buckner. I really think he's going to be a game changer. Um, you know, I, I've always mentioned in the past with DeForest Buckner, it sucks that he's playing in an era where Aaron Donald plays in the NFL, or DeForest Buckner would be your number one or number two. You know, at his position, probably his whole career. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm going 23-20 Colts. Um, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to field goal kicking. Cody, where are you at? Yeah, and I think I'm going to go just a tad higher, but not much off of that. Um, I think I'm going to have the Colts probably – I'm going to have the Colts winning, obviously. I think I have to. Um, for the same reasons you said, Zach. You know, I'm not really that scared of Jimmy G and this 49er offense. Especially, I was a little bit concerned with the run game, but after kind of hearing what you guys have said a little bit about how it's been pretty inefficient with Jimmy G under center, I'm not as concerned. I do think it will be more of a defensive battle in this game. Um, but I do have the Colts winning by a score of 24 uh, to 17. And it, I think it's going to be right in there. So I'll say this. If the Colts keep the 49ers out of the end zone, that's a huge you know, advantage to them. The 49ers, they've had 12 trips in the red zone, and they've scored a touchdown on, on 10 times. So Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I also saw that they were like really bad on third down, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a thing the Colts have had, too, in the last couple of years. Um, the Colts also have struggled a lot in the red zone over the past like couple of years as well. It feels like they're starting to get a little bit better at that, the last couple of games especially. Offensively, they kind of seem like they're on fire. So as good as the 49ers' defense is, I look at, like for example, the, the Rams game, right, where the Rams just shut have shut down some quarterbacks, some really good quarterbacks. Even the Ravens, you know, they shut down Justin Herbert last week. And Carson Wentz is able to throw over 400 yards on him. So I, I want to give Carson Wentz the benefit of the doubt here. Um, and I, th I do think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think both these teams, their backs are against the wall. They're both going to you know, fight hard. But I think it is going to be a time of possession kind of game, a defensive battle. You know, whoever, whoever special teams is better, I think, honestly, it might be the difference in this game. So I could be talked to either way. But I, I, I don't know. I just have faith that the Colts now have a chance to go on a run. If they can win this game, I think they can really go – places this year and it seems like you know you mentioned a little bit that the 49ers maybe don't really have an identity right now i feel like the colts are starting to find an identity 
They even don't have an identity at home. They're 0-2 this season. They mm. lost to the Packers and lost to the Seahawks. So how much of that home field advantage actually translate into this game? We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the records are a little bit – records are always a little bit overblown, I think, especially this early because, you know, mm-hmm. you guys were taking teams down to the wire, and we did the same thing. You know, you easily could be having a winning record. The Colts could easily be 4-2, and two, if not better. Yep. So. You never know, man. It seems like it's just – it's always, uh, as the Colts always say, it's a one and no game. You have to take it game by game. And we'll see how this matchup goes, man, but it's going to be a fun one. Thank you so much for coming on, Leo. Really appreciate your time. Also, thanks to Eric. Yeah, I know he had to head out and go get his uh, go get his daughter. So really appreciate him coming on as well. And as I say to everybody, man, good luck on Sunday, but not too much luck because we <laughs> want the Colts to win here. Um, but right. really appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, appreciate you guys anytime. It was a All blast. Right. Yep, take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.